This is the Pro Channel Manager Podcast, episode number one. You want me to show you tough? I'll show you tough. You're listening to the Pro Channel Manager Podcast, the only podcast in the world that shows you how to run a YouTube channel just like the pros. And here's your host. He's grown multiple YouTube channels by millions of subscribers and billions of views. And even though he speaks funny, we promise you he is speaking English, Tom Martin. Wow, this is a proud moment for me. Podcast number one of the Pro Channel Manager podcast with me, Tom Martin. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you, whoever you are, whether you, this is the first time that you're listening to me or if you've followed my progress before on my other podcasts or my blogs or you've seen me at a conference or randomly speaking on LinkedIn. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you and a proud moment for me to have the first episode of my own podcast. And uh, I've been a podcast fan for a long, long time. And to have my very own solo podcast is an honor. I hope you recognize that little audio clip uh, just before my beautiful show intro. If you want to know where it comes from, if you don't recognize it, it is my favorite YouTube video of all time that that comes from. Uh, and that's why I chose that. And you'll be able to find what video that is in the show notes, as you will for every single episode, we're going to have a little YouTube Easter egg at the start of every single episode. And I hope you're going to enjoy those. They are the funniest and my favorite YouTube videos of all time. For that link, as well as the full show notes for that episode, you can visit prochannelmanager.com forward slash episode one. That's the word episode and the number one, no gaps, no hyphens. Episode zeros or episode ones of podcasts are normally pretty dry and it's usually the, the person or the host talking about themselves, talking about why they're starting the podcast. And I wanted to do that so you had a bit of context for future episodes, but I wanted to make it a bit different. So today I've invited along my dear, dear friend, Chris Sharp, who is a co-founder and producer at Yoga with Adrian, the world's biggest, best, most amazing yoga YouTube channel with over seven and a half million subscribers at the time of recording. Chris has been a dear friend of mine after being a client of mine many, many years ago. And Chris actually partnered with me on my first course, which used to be at VidPro, which will soon be part of ProChannelManager.com. So you can check out ProChannelManager.com to see more about this podcast, more about me, find more episodes in the future, but you'll also be able to find links to our community and our academy, both of which are launching in the next 30 days. So if you go to ProChannelManager.com, you'll be able to find links to those and you'll be able to pre-register for those. Lots of exciting stuff to come, which I'll be talking about with Chris in this interview. Before we dive into the, today's episode, first, a few words from our sponsor. VidIQ is the secret weapon for every professional YouTube channel manager. Why? Because it has all of the amazing workflow and efficiency tools you need to save you time and effort, but there's more. It also has the most advanced YouTube SEO tools in the world including an incredible keyword research tool that I use on every single video that I upload. I've been using vidIQ since way back in 2013, and without it, I simply would not have been able to generate the billions of YouTube views that I have. Fact. 
So if you want to get Ninja and start using the tools that the pros use, check out prochannelmanager.com forward slash vidIQ to get a free 30-day trial of one of their awesome paid plans. That's prochannelmanager.com forward slash vidIQ. And you can thank me later. Again, huge thanks to vidIQ. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Chris, interviewing me, and enjoy the very first episode of the Pro Channel Manager podcast. Well, thanks for having me on to launch this podcast. I feel honored and excited, and I'm really excited that you're doing another podcast. Yeah, Matt, like I couldn't think of anyone I would rather share my first podcast with Chris. Like genuinely, I feel like you're like my brother from another mother. Same here. And I'm going to forget that we're on a podcast <laughs> and just we'll yeah. probably end up start talking. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Perfect. Perfect. So like for me, like the yardstick for me is like, if I ever had any more kids, which I won't because snip, snip, you would be the godfather to my children, Chris. Oh. That's how much I love you. Well, Flint is already on an airplane headed, headed to London. Uh, you're his new father. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't, I didn't realize it had to be a swap deal, but. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to say congratulations on your new movie channel, which I'm very excited about. And I mean, to me, that's a very interesting segment that not many people are doing on YouTube. So uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, Tom's recently launched a new channel that's full feature length movies. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm curious. Yeah. So, you know, it's what it sounds like. It's movies from across different genres. And it's not that strange in that there are tons of media companies that post TV shows, maybe not movies so much, especially in English. But, you know, that's where I kind of cut my teeth working for media companies, publishing clips of TV shows, uh, you know, full length documentaries, full length TV shows. And like, that's what I know best. You know, I when I go to pitch clients and pitch people that have these movies that I'm trying to get the rights for. I say, and with hand on heart, this is the opposite of a, (laughs) of a humble British person. Like if you have a catalog of media, whether that's movies, TV shows, sports footage, I don't think there's many people in the world that can make you more money than me. Mm, Nice. With my experience, my knowledge. And so I thought, you know, this is the whole reason why I thought, you know, I'm not going to stay in the corporate world and do it for other people. Instead, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and start these channels up that I own. Even though, you know, the movies are not mine, uh, I have a license to use those movies. And, you know, I've been consulting for a couple of years now. Well, in a few weeks, it'll be uh, two years as a consultant working with other people's YouTube channels. You know, I've been running other people's YouTube channels before that for you know, seven years. So I think it's about time that I put my money where my mouth is and uh, grow some channels of my own. So yeah, really excited. Unfortunately, a lot of those movies, at least at the moment that I have the rights to are not going to be available in the US. But to all my UK listeners, lots of good movies coming your way. So yeah, really excited. I think it looks good. Done my keyword research, got that absolutely down. Even got a few people helping me just to to lighten my load of just of the, the day-to-day stuff on it. Well, yeah, really excited. And I'm really excited to be sharing the progress. Like, so at the moment, we've got like a handful of subscribers, just one video that literally went live like 24 hours ago. So very, very early days. But yeah, that's going to kind of be a journey that you guys can follow along listening to this over hopefully the many fruitful years of the Pro Channel Manager podcast. Well, now that you're in full-blown entrepreneur 
media mogul mode, uh, I think it's interesting <laughs> to kind of like rewind and go back to how you initially got started in YouTube. Because when I first met you, you were not an entrepreneur, you, you were thinking about it, and you had the dream and the hunger, but you were still working for the man, so to speak, major, major company. Yeah. So how did you get started? I know, like, just from knowing you that you actually went to film school and your background was in film. What happened between then and you getting started in YouTube? Yeah, so I studied uh, film and broadcast production here in London. And I always thought I wanted to be either a director or a screenwriter. And when it came time to like go to work, and I'd done like work experience in film studios and stuff like that. And I realized very quickly that like this was a very much like a nomadic, freelance, unsecure kind of environment. Like you'd be working on a three month contract and you'd be lucky if you got another one. You know, and it wasn't the hard work that I was like afraid of. But at that point, as a 21, 22 year old, I was really scared of like working for myself. And it wasn't until, you know, like 10 years later when I couldn't think of anything that I wanted more than to work for myself. So instead, I wanted to still work within the media. So I went and got a job at a DVD company, just doing like bits and bobs. And then I managed to get a foot in the door at the BBC, which was like a dream for me. Like, I didn't really care what I did. I just wanted to work for the BBC. Uh, so I landed in the sales department. So I was licensing TV shows from the BBC to DVD partners and like the Russian equivalent of YouTube and the Polish version of Netflix. So I knew about digital video. I knew about rights and stuff. And then after five years of hating every single day of sales, apart from the fact that the commission check was really good, I managed to blag my way to an interview in the YouTube team, like a fledgling YouTube team. A good friend of mine had the job. She'd left. There'd been basically no one running it for six months. She gave me a few tips. And this was fairly early in YouTube, right? Yeah, this is 2012. So it wasn't like first years, but it was kind of the years where it kind of was coming into maturity. That time period seems like the time period when everyone started to realize that there was money there in YouTube. Yeah, well, this is the reason that I was hired. And then at the time, the person that came in above me, who was like my senior at the time, we were both brought in. I don't know if you remember, but back in 2012, YouTube would dish out hundreds of millions yep. of dollars I didn't uh, get any. in original channels. Yeah, we actually got two. We got two YouTube channels that still exist to this day which is very rare. Yeah. We may be the only two that are still going. And maybe Jamie Oliver in the UK. There may be a few stateside. Um, but they were giving out basically free money if you made kind of TV quality content for YouTube because they were trying to get away from like Cats on Skateboards and Charlie Bit My Finger and all of that, which they've I think now they've probably returned to a certain extent. So yeah, that's when YouTube was kind of trying to be taken more serious as like a media company. And I had no experience of YouTube whatsoever. In fact, like the day before my interview, I had filmed a video of like my fingers wiggling on my phone and uploaded it to YouTube just in case they asked me which <laughs> buttons to press. Like I had never uploaded a video until the day before, but I knew the catalog. I knew people in all different departments in the company that I'd have to be working with. Um, so kind of blagged the first interview did a good second interview and managed to get the job, which was like a miracle. 
and I was like thrown truly in at the deep end. As I say, like my the person that would be my boss, who was a lot more experienced than me, wasn't going to start for a month. And I had like two of these original channels to help get launched, launch a whole lot of other channels that we'd been contracted to do. Like So within my first month, I launched the official Doctor Who YouTube channel, which is now over a million subscribers. So that's pretty cool. And at the time, I'd never watched a single episode of Doctor Who. So like truly, truly, truly in at the deep end, like not even knowing how to create a playlist. Wow. This is my learning curve. (laughs) And, you know, I kind of learned the buttons within the first few weeks. You know, there wasn't really the people like Tim Schmoyer and Daryl Eves that you could learn all of this easy stuff from. Like now there's a million, there's a million how to do YouTube resources. But then there was nothing really. There was a little bit on kind of this website called Real SEO. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm, Totally. But apart from that and a little bit of YouTube training, there wasn't really anything. So really, I just devoted myself to devouring every bit of educational content there was, which was limited, but also just by the sheer brute force of uploading like 30 videos a week for seven years, (laughs) just like learning what works what doesn't, using the data. Obviously, I had to use a bit of intuition, but then the data says, no, that doesn't work. Or yes, that does work. Keep going. So uh, yeah, really, it's just a war of attrition, really, for eight years uploading and being responsible for numerous channels in all sorts of niches for years and years and years. And that YouTube team at the BBC grew from me and my boss and a couple of helpers to me running the channel network effectively and him kind of running production. And we had like a whole production team and I had a team of channel managers and editors and we had a content ID team. Yeah, so really just built all of the processes, all of the systems that they're probably still using to this day. And then um, I got an opportunity to go and work for another TV company in 2017 uh, called Endemol and they're the world's largest independent production company. You may have seen their names in the credits for stuff like Peaky Blinders, Black Mirror, MasterChef, if you've got that where you live, Big Brother, Deal or No Deal, a a lot of big formats. And yeah, so I was brought in to basically build what I'd built at the BBC from scratch there. And uh, that was a a short and very eventful period and got some really amazing results there. And I was really worried when I kind of got started because I was kind of in this bubble and everything that I'd done so far had worked, you know, even in those early days when I had no experience, you know, I, I'd managed in my first year, I managed to take one channel from like 750,000 subs to like 3.5 million and people were just like losing their minds. Wow. And, um, it was pretty crazy. And then, so I get to this new company and on my very first day, they said to me, right, we need from you a five year forecast for all of these channels that exist and all of these channels that you're going to create. And I'm like, well, one, I've never done a forecast before. (laughs) Two, like, how do I know? I don't even know what rights we've got or anything. But anyway, one of the big channels that they had was the Mr. Bean channel. You know, that was, that had about 3 million uh, subscribers at the time. It was doing about somewhere between 10 and 25 million views a month before I'd started. And on that first day in, in my, um, kind of a uh, forecast, I said to them, you know, by the end of this calendar year, I think I can double that to 50 million views a month. And like my colleague at the time came up to me and said like, 
are you sure you want to put this in writing because they're going to hold you to that? And that seems like pretty ambitious. And I was like, no, I've done this before. You know, the channel, you've got great content, but it's being running pretty shoddily. I can do this. I can get it to 50 million views a month. And within eight months, the Christmas time, it was doing like 125 million views a month. Amazing. So um, that's going to go on my gravestone for sure. (laughs) It was just a good kind of vindication that, okay, yeah, I'm not just one of them one hit wonders. You know, the, the formulas and the systems that I've built are repeatable. And it wasn't just the Mr. Bean channel, it was other channels that we launched and relaunched there. And so I kind of felt, yeah, you know what, I, I do know what I'm talking about. And maybe I can go off and do this for myself. And then after 18 months, took the plunge to be a consultant. And two years later, I'm here speaking to you. So, uh, and I'm still alive and still not Mr. Mortgage Payment. There's been some <laughs> close times. Yeah, hanging on in there. Well, one of the things I heard you mention a couple of times was the term channel manager. And I think that this is something that a lot of people don't even know exists. Can you tell us a little bit about what a professional channel manager is as it relates to YouTube? Yeah, so if you own your own YouTube channel, as well as being a creator, you are generally going to be the manager of that channel. So you're in charge of basically everything but the content. And if you're running your own channel, you're the channel manager and the content creator. So a channel manager, mainly how I think about it, is usually hired by somebody else, whether that be an independent company, a corporate company, an independent YouTuber, or a big media company like the BBC, because they've got all of this content and they need people to basically you know, work their YouTube engine. They need people to edit, upload, optimize thumbnails, optimize titles, descriptions, tags, playlist, cross-promotion, look out for collaborations, all of that kind of stuff. So when I talk about a channel manager, it could be doing it for yourself. And it also could be like a gun for hire who comes in and basically takes that job away from the content creator or the content producer. So for example, in all those eight years, you know, I was actually only responsible for the creation of tiny, tiny, tiny fraction, maybe like 2% of the videos that I actually published or was responsible for publishing. Mostly I was working with other people's channels, other people's content. I did have my own web series actually (laughs) at the BBC, which I'm very, very proud of and which I'll link to in the show notes. Not hugely successful, but something that I'm very proud of. I scripted it. I'd never been on camera before. And all of a sudden I'm thrust on a BBC YouTube channel, which was pretty surreal. We won't waste too much time on that because it's not really relevant, but uh, it's just something I look back at kind of very fondly. I didn't even know it existed. I got to see this now. Oh, yeah, dude, you have got to see it. I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. And I kind of got the bug for it, which is why I then took the steps of like getting in front of camera on my own YouTube channel where I helped people with YouTube stuff. And uh, that gave me the confidence. But again, I, I seem to have a trend of like diving at the deep end and then swimming across to the shallows a bit later because you do not have your own like youtube channel about youtube like a lot of the youtube gurus do why is that yeah well it does exist somewhere i have taken all of the videos where i appear on camera off uh, and there is a website that you can still find faqtube.tv and it's one of those things like you know what got me from there to here won't get me to where i want to go so i kind of left that behind 
And that was very much focused on helping beginners. So I had all the like how to update your channel image and how to add an avatar and how to pin comments really to like basic search stuff. And I realized probably not early on enough, but pretty early on that one, I had no passion for creating that kind of content. Two, I didn't have the time or drive or desire to compete with the likes of, uh, you know, Daryl Eves or Nick Nimmin or whoever you want to choose my esteemed peers there, you know, because in the years that I ran that channel, I might have uploaded like 30 videos. And as the years went by, it got less and less. I think in the, in the final year that I actually did anything with it, I might have uploaded like two videos. I had one spurt where I uploaded 31 videos in 31 days that nearly killed me (laughs) and got me no results and was probably the the kind of final nail in the coffin where I decided, you know what, I don't want to teach beginners anymore. It's where I came up with the idea for back then would have been something called Tube University, which is now Pro Channel Manager, where we're talking now, uh, and was for a little while VidPro in the middle, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But I realized that I didn't want to serve beginners. That wasn't where my passion was. My passion was talking more advanced stuff, more advanced tactics, more like really like like I'm a big SEO analytics nerd and I wanted to really dive into that stuff. And, you know, some of the people that were watching my videos didn't even know how to set up an account. And also from like a business point of view. And they definitely don't want to use spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love a spreadsheet. And uh, from a business point of view, you know, those people are not prepared to invest in their YouTube growth. They're just starting. They might be in parts of the world where there's less disposable income. And so I made a decision to leave that brand behind, leave that market behind and take a risk and say, you know what, I'm going to aim at the top of the market. I'm going to go and work for, you know, media companies and people that have money and resource to invest and will listen to my advice. And also from like the educational point of view, I'm going to aim for people that are kind of pro or semi-pro looking to go to like full-time YouTube. Awesome. And is that kind of what we can expect from this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is part of like a wider brand of Pro Channel Manager. I'll get blogging again at some point. Uh, um, I haven't written a blog post for three years, maybe two years. So that'll be interesting. But I do love writing the podcast, which I'll give away as much as I can in that format. Again, the same with the with the blog. But really, this is one of the things that I want to be on this podcast is thoroughly transparent because I think that so many of the other podcasts are in this space are just so like da 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 everyone's happy you know everyone's great mm-hmm. everyone's crushing it everyone's doing amazing but there are swings there are big downswings there are upswings and there are equally as you know things that you can learn from failures and as you can learn from uh successes so I want to be totally transparent and of course you know I'm not doing this podcast and the blog out of the goodness of my own heart I've got something to sell. <laughs> so <laughs> probably not at the time of recording this, but shortly after you'll be able to sign up to my courses, my flagship keyword research course and join my paid community where you'll be able to kind of surround yourself with the best channel managers on the planet, working at some of the world's most amazing companies, world's biggest YouTube channels, get accountability, get help, get access to me and the real kind of premium stuff and the top secret stuff. 
uh, not top secret because it sounds a bit like, you know, cloak and dagger, but the really juicy in-depth kind of breaking stuff. The really nerdy stuff. Yeah. And the stuff that I can't share in public because it mm-hmm. either would like put my channel at risk or my client's channels at risk. That will be behind those closed doors. So yeah, you can check that out prochannelmanager.com and academy.prochannelmanager.com where you'll be able to pre-register for all of this stuff anyway. Oh, that's very exciting. I'm excited about this new direction and I'm excited about what you're going to do with this podcast. Yeah, so in this podcast, I just wanted not just a place where I could hear my own voice because I actually don't like the sound of my own voice, contrary to the fact that I've just been talking at you so (laughs) aggressively (laughs) for the last few minutes. But I just wanted, like I said, a place where people can talk openly about what happens on YouTube behind the scenes of running a YouTube channel and something that's just not so sanitized. I think the best way to sum it up is I want a podcast where I can swear. And it doesn't mean I'm going to swear and I haven't sworn today, but I want the option to swear because I think that this is not all fairies and church groups and unicorns (laughs) and rainbows and happy time. There's a lot of dark stuff, you know, me and you have had conversations Mm -hmm. where like, I just can't believe this is happening. You know, some people have been like doing some nefarious stuff to us or something's broken and I've just wanted to get into a bath and cry. And I'm not the only one that's happening to, but no one talks about that. That's what we should talk about the next time I'm on. The nefarious stuff. Just have a super dark episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll talk about the times we wanted to get into a bath and cry. Not together, separately. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) But yeah, just a chance for me to kind of speak openly about what has been such a huge part of my life for the last eight years and what will likely continue to be a big part of my life for at least the rest of my professional life. And also, of course, like you just mentioned it, I'm going to have Chris back on. He's going to be one of my first guests. And I want to speak to people that have not only got a story to tell, because I don't want it to be just like people that have got a book to sell or people that had an interesting way to get to 10 million subscribers. I want like to have people like you because I know that you've got actionable advice and I know that you're open to sharing that and that people will want to listen because they know that they're going to come away with like five action steps at the end of each podcast and not, oh, that was an interesting 45 minutes that, you know, helped me forget about this horrendous commute that I've got to do. And so, yeah, people like you and some of the world's biggest YouTubers, other people from behind the scenes that you probably haven't heard of, but are doing like really interesting things at some other like media companies. I want to help as many people as possible, but I also want to be selfish, talk to interesting people like you. Next week, we have my first guest and I've already recorded that episode and I went out and asked my number one favorite YouTube channel in the whole world. If they'd come on, they said, yes, it was an absolute dream come true. An amazing interview could have spoken to the the guys there for hours. So make sure you listen to the next episode to find out who that is. But yeah, it's a really interesting, really exciting time for me. And uh, watch this space. I can't wait. So I know one of the big features on this podcast is going to be the fast five which is like five questions yeah. that I'm going to ask you right now and you're going to answer super fast. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. And the good news is I've forgotten all of the questions and I haven't pre-prepared the answers. So you're going to get the the truth. And uh, this is the what I want. I don't want people to give like long-winded, thoughtful answers. I want to get their like stream of consciousness. They didn't even realize they were thinking it kind of answers. So 
fire away whenever you're ready. So here we go. Fast five. Number one, if you could only ever watch one YouTube channel ever again, what would it be? It would have to be my favorite YouTube channel. And <laughs> the people that I spoke to for my first episode, uh, Arsenal Fan TV. It's my favorite soccer channel. They give me daily news and insights about my favorite football club. And it's like having my cup of coffee in the morning. I have to listen to that channel and uh, see what the latest news is. So Nice. Thank you, AFTV. Question two. What one feature of YouTube from the past would you bring back? Oh, there's so many. And I think one of the trends of, of this podcast will be how bitter, bittersweet my relationship is with YouTube, how much love-hate it is. But if there was one single feature, for sure, it would be back in 2012 when I started. Again, this is going to be another theme. Back in the olden days, the good old days, 2012. When you uploaded a YouTube video, you got automatically given the first four, three or four suggested video spots, no matter how good your video was or if anyone liked your channel or not. If you were the video that someone was watching, you were guaranteed those first spots. Uh, and now I've had to build a career, which is kind of good for me, on uh, earning those four spots for people. So uh, yeah, that would make my life a lot easier right now, but it'd probably put me out of a job as well. <laughs> If you were asking me the question, it would be to get rid of YouTube Studio and go back to the old interface. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that, please. <laughs> I won't. Because I got to jump to question number three. If you could add one feature to YouTube, what would it be? Ooh. At this moment in time, it would be to have better session time analytics in YouTube Analytics. So you could actually see how many people were going on to watch how many more videos and stuff like that, which is mm. kind of, we've been told over the years that's important. And I do believe that's important from a logical standpoint. It is important, but there's no way of, of tracking that. So my answer for that would probably be different in an hour or two, but for now, that's, that's the answer. Got it. Okay. What one piece of advice would you give to a channel manager starting today? Apart from the really horrible sales pitchy answer, it would be, Make sure you're doing the fundamentals right before you start trying to get all tricky with software and trying to do A-B testing or, you know, trying to launch new content types. Just get the foundations right. Make sure you're, everything you're doing is optimized. Make sure you understand past performance, you know, dig into analytics, analytics groups, stuff like that. And yeah, make sure that when you go into a meeting with a, a client or even if it's your own channel that you know the numbers inside out. And just work on improving those numbers every week. I like that answer. That was a good one. Yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> Last question. If YouTube was a person, what would you say to them if you met them at a Christmas party? At this moment in time, I'd say, what has gotten into you lately? Because you're acting like such a dick. <laughs> because <laughs> I think for some reason, I understand most of the reasons behind it, but I think they're making it harder and harder and harder for people to make a business out of YouTube. And, you know, I'm the first person to say, you know, diversify your income stream, don't rely on AdSense, blah, 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 blah. But that is still an important part of any YouTube business because it often funds the development of other products, resources, services, whatever it may be. So I think they need to just stop kind of clamping down on everything for clamping down's sake. Yes, kids' content does need to be more heavily regulated but does every single niche, maybe not so much. So yeah, I'd say lighten up a bit, you know, remember what you used to be, 
I know Google's slogan is no longer don't be evil, but they could kind of take a, a leaf out of that book for sure. Nice. Well, thanks again for having me on your, your first episode. And I'm excited to come back when we can cuss more and talk about YouTube horror stories. Maybe we should have that be the episode, YouTube horror stories. YouTube horror stories. Yeah, that would definitely be. I think, you know, Chris is definitely going to be a recurring character on this podcast. So yeah, YouTube horror stories is definitely one for the future catalog for sure. <laughs> Chris, thank you for having me, having you, having me. You'll definitely be on, if not, the next episode after the next, the one after that, you've achieved so, so, so much. You've seen so much. And I just know that the audience are going to absolutely wet themselves uh, hearing what you've got to say. <laughs> All right. This podcast sure. is starting to warm up. We're starting to get into the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I've just wet myself thinking about it. And so, yeah, thank you. I can't wait to have you back. If there's anyone else that you guys would love me to speak to, please let me know at channel underscore fuel on Twitter or at channel fuel on Instagram. You can also email me, Tom at prochannelmanager.com. Chris, where can people find your dulcet tones apart from this podcast? I think the easiest place is on Twitter and it's uh, C sharp with an E. It's C-S-H-A-R-P-E. That's the best place. Cool. And of course, you can check out Yoga with Adrian, but you already know what that is because that's like right. everyone knows. Everyone knows what Yoga with Adrian is. Like he knows that, you know that, we all know that. Thank you so much for listening for the first episode. Please make sure that you are subscribed in whichever podcast app you are listening to this in, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify. Hopefully Spotify are going to give me 100 million to uh, go exclusive in the future on this podcast. We'll see. But also, if you could leave a rating and review, this will really help other people discover the Pro Channel Manager podcast. Please don't forget to check out ProChannelManager.com where you can not only subscribe to this podcast, but also get notified when the course and the community are going to launch. And that is going to be incredible. Before I go, I've got to say another great thank you to our sponsors, vidIQ. And remember, you can get a free 30-day trial of any of their paid plans by visiting prochannelmanager.com forward slash vidIQ. Chris, thanks again. It's been amazing. Speak to you in a couple of weeks. And for everyone else, happy uploading. Laters. Thanks for listening to the Pro Channel Manager Podcast. Happy uploading. And remember, next time you go to publish a video, ask yourself, what would Tom think?